Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Chittam, and this is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there who are working hard to get better while balancing running with the rest of their lives. And today on the show, I have my good friend, Jonathan Greenwald. Jonathan just finished the 2018 Boston Marathon, like a lot of my recent uh, recent guests did. And with that being said, while he has that in common with them, he has something that's pretty unique. He started running at age 40. That's it. 4-0. This is a man who didn't just run Boston. He qualified for Boston. So he did it in just you know four short years after he started running and started running later in life. We talk a lot about just what it was like for him to start later in life, why he did so, that quick journey from beginning running to you know the first year of injuries and just getting used to it to then just kind of exploding upward on this path that led him to become at this point a 311 marathoner which is a great time no matter your background no matter your age so this was a really fun conversation with Jonathan I really enjoyed it and I think it provides some great insight for people who are either starting later in life, um, in athletics or in running, or maybe someone who's taken an extended period of time off from being athletic, uh, whether that's because you're having children or because you just have a crazy work-life schedule or, shoot, for any reason. But I think there's a lot in this one. I want to thank Jonathan for coming on the show. I learned a lot. He gets me excited. He is uh, a very energetic, talkative guy and perfect for the audio format. So thank you, Jonathan, for coming on and thank you for listening. So if you like what you hear and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm certain you will, at least on Jonathan's end, he was a great guest. That's for sure. I would appreciate a rate and review on Apple podcasts. That always helps this show. Not only helps me get it to more people who may like it, but also helps bring in potential sponsors. So you know, the more, more support we get for the show, the more shows we get to do, which is always a fun thing. So in the meantime, I hope you enjoy this episode with my good friend, Jonathan Greenwald. Hello, Jonathan, and welcome to the Rambling Runner podcast. Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. I'm so glad we're able to do this. I know we've, we've connected uh, for months now before doing this uh and uh, it really is a pleasure to finally not only record you on an episode but it was uh, it was great to see you in boston as well yeah that was a lot of fun thanks for uh, thanks for putting that together it was uh it was nice to to be able to uh to meet you of course and some of your past guests who uh, who i really enjoyed so um so it's good and yeah I, I really was looking forward to this i think uh it's no secret i'm a huge fan of the, of the uh, podcast so thanks again i really appreciate it my pleasure. And actually, you are pretty good friends with some of the people I've had on the show before. I mean, you're, uh, you know, Laura Pierce has been on the show, and obviously she's also hosted the uh, the Funny Stories Episode 1. We're going to do Funny Stories Episode 2 uh, <laughs> very shortly. I'm excited to do that one as well. Um, but yeah, you've really cultivated a lot of friends um, via social media and via kind of just the general running community, which I think is fantastic because – you come, you're kind of coming at this a little bit different than most people. And I think that we, we can definitely touch on your past. But you really, as, as we were talking before, your first run as part of like your kind of later in life um, kind of gearing up into the running community was on, as, as, as you said, June, June 23rd, 2013. And how, how old were you at that point? 
<laughs> That's very specific. Yeah. Uh, June, <laughs> June 23rd. I think it was 1130. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it was, I was 40. I had uh, turned 40 in February. And um, yeah, I mean, that was my first kind of, I, I think I, I wouldn't say my first attempt at running, but definitely my first serious attempt at running. Right. So you had did a little bit of athletics in high school. And then what it was when you moved, um, what you, you got, and that's kind of when the, the, the your first, kind of your first foray into running? Oh, no. I had no athleticism in high school. I had, I grew up, I was, oh, no. I was trying to, I was trying to be generous. I appreciate that. No, 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 no. I grew up, I'd say, up until, I'd say, high school, I was, uh, I was very geeky. I I didn't really, I I didn't play any sports. I mean, I think, uh, when I think, but the only sports I really played was anything in, uh, you know, like I grew up in Brooklyn. So it was all like street hockey and rollerblades or street football or stuff like that, but no organized sports. Um, when I was in my teens, I attempted to play baseball, but I, w- I don't know why. I just wanted to try it. And um, I was awful. And I don't think I even lasted the season. So I tried it. God bless my dad who who signed me up and took me out every every game, but I was horrible. And I wasn't really into sports. I just I liked sports, I enjoyed it, but wasn't really into it. And then um, in my twenties, I moved out of my uh, parents' house and moved um, to a place in Brooklyn, which was at the other end of the Verrazano Bridge. So anyone who knows the New York City Marathon knows that you start in Staten Island and cross the Verrazano Bridge, uh, and you uh, your your second borough essentially is is Brooklyn. So. What I did was as soon as I, I moved into an apartment, I um, I went out one morning to watch New York City Marathon and I was so inspired. And uh, so I, I tried to get into running, but I hated it. I'm, I'll be honest. I did not like it at all. Um, and I think I did that maybe two years in a row and, um, and it never caught on. I just wasn't into it. Um, at the same time, I liked working out a lot. Uh, I was really into working out. Um, but I didn't do cardio because I, I just, I hated treadmills. I hated cardio. I didn't like anything about it. So honestly, 40 years old was the first time I, I really got into it seriously. Now, looking back on it now, uh, and we'll touch on how, how dedicated runner you are now and the, uh, the things you've been able to achieve, which are remarkable. Um, but just, you know, in, in the moment, obviously you just weren't a fan of running, but looking back on it now, what do you think led to your, um, either, you know, your discomfort or just general displeasure with, with running? Um, good question. I think for me, um, it just, it was, there was always something else I'd want. I don't know. I just, something I'd rather be doing. I'd rather be hanging out with my friends. I'd do something else, taking time and running or cardio or anything like that. It didn't really interest me. And, and I never considered myself really good at anything in that kind of, sports athleticism you know arena so i never really thought it would i never really enjoyed it to be quite honest with you i just never i never considered myself wanting to try running or get into running there was nothing about it that satisfied me so what other i guess physical activities were you drawn to it sounds like you did a little bit of lifting but i guess between ages what 25 to 50 to 40 that 15 year gap what what athletic endeavors or physical endeavors were you drawn to to at least kind of lay the foundation on some level for some of your you know future running success? Um, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I, I, I'm being serious. I I'm serious. Like my the closest I got to sports or anything like that was going to um, games, going to watch other people play sports because I got satisfaction out of that because. 
I can sit back, I can have a beer, I can watch. It was great. I didn't have to participate. I, I'm, I'm being very serious. I was never into, never really into really playing sports. Um, I never, even when I was kind of, getting, even when I was older and in school and um, um, graduated and working, I was always partying and hanging out. Um, I, for me, I liked clubbing more than I liked playing sports. So I would be out late, you know, uh, weekends and partying and then come home four or five o'clock in the morning. And there was no time for, for sports because I was always tired in the morning. And I honestly, I never, ever, ever was, was into it. Just something that never interested me. So how were you, I guess, how were you like from a fit perspective? Like, were you significantly overweight? Like say like your mid to late thirties. I know it's like, I'm in, I'm 37 right now. And, um, you know, to quote Adam Sandler in the, in the movie, big daddy, like if I have a, if I have a chocolate shake, my ass jiggles for a week. So, (laughs) you know, I know I think anyone (laughs) in their late thirties and older can relate to that, that movie line. Um, so for you, where, how were you, um, just in terms of like, you don't give me a number, but like from a yeah, weight yeah. perspective and, and how were you physically, uh, on, you know, right before you started getting into running? Um, good question. I think I was, so I would say I was pretty, I was in pretty good shape in my, um, twenties and in my thirties. And then, uh, I met my wife later. So, uh, I was probably 34 ish at the time I was living in Brooklyn. She was in, in Toronto. Um, and then dated, married quickly, moved to Canada. And then I started to, um, see my weight changing a little bit. I don't know if this has something to show. She's going to kill me if I say this, but if it's something about, you know, getting comfortable or whatever, but I just, my weights, I just started putting on a little bit more weight and I'd say by the time I got to 40, so in between maybe 34, 35 and 40, I just started enjoying food a lot more. I, I do enjoy it now, but for some reason, I think I, I, I started seeing the weight really changing, uh, getting into my 40s, uh, which is really um, one of the reasons why I, I, I started getting into running. All right. So when you did get into running, was it a, like, as you said, as we mentioned before, it was June 23rd, 2013. Yeah. So it wasn't like, all right, January 1st, this was like a New Year's resolution type thing. Did you kind of put, did you kind of ease into running or was it more of like you put a marker down and said from this point on i'm going to be more active kind of so help me god oh oh no so i had um we had friends over and a couple of my friends um my sister or my friend said uh we just started talking right just started talking about uh you know just getting in in shape and losing weight and i was just asking for ideas um my my sister's uh it's into health and nutrition so i was asking her for ideas uh, and my, one of my friends that was there said, uh, you should try running. Um, I, I, he was a runner, he's a tr- big trail runner and he, he kind of recommended running. Um, the idea did not interest me at, at first, but where I, where I happen to live in Toronto, there are tons of runners. Um, we had just, uh, moved into the, it's ironic. We just moved into this, uh, area where I live now. And when I wake, when I get up, I wake my, I uh, walk my dog about six o'clock in the morning or so. And there are people passing my house all the time, even that early in the morning running. So, so for me, I was like, where are these people going? (laughs) What are they doing? Why are they running? Why aren't they sleeping? Um, And it was kind of around that time. I think that was the genesis of it. It was, that was kind of interesting to me that they were running. I really needed to lose weight. I really felt like I was getting a little too, 
chunky. Um, and I, I had to. So they recommended going for a run. And, it, you know, your joke, you say June 23rd. I joke about June 23rd. I think on my blog, I mentioned June 23rd as a date that almost killed me. Um, but essentially, that was my that was my first first run. They said, let's go for a run. And I think it was like a Sunday or something. I don't remember. Uh, and, we, and we went for a run. Um, and that was my first run. That's That's what kind of ignited the whole passion. So it sounds like there was some Un, unintentional positive peer pressure and, but just because you saw so many people running that for you it just was kind of in the air so it must have been a little bit easier to gravitate towards it as opposed to if you lived in an area which wasn't heavy into running um it might have been maybe maybe a little bit harder to get into it uh for sure so when i first moved to uh canada called 11 years ago up until for the first six five or six years we lived in, well, I lived for a short period of time downtown, my wife had downtown, but we quickly moved to suburbia uh, and nothing happened. I'm sorry for your listeners who live in suburbia. Nothing happens in suburbia. <laughs> so there's no running. Like I didn't see anyone running. I barely saw my neighbors, right? I mean, it was all kind of a new development and there was nothing about like running never even crossed my mind. Um, uh, you know, even I, I think I tried to go to the gym. I don't remember, but um nothing was going on and it wasn't until i moved to to this area in toronto where i am now which is uh which is a great neighborhood and yeah i think that part of it but you know my friends were no one was pushing me to to do anything about it i i took it upon myself to decide that uh you know i i could probably lose a few pounds so i think between yeah seeing people running and seeing them being active i kind of felt guilty and thinking i have to do something i can't just sit here and then when you went from, okay, I want to lose a few pounds. Mm-hmm. I see people who are running. So, all right, that's how I'm going to do it. I'll just follow their lead. And then after you got kind of got over the hump from a weight perspective, when did it become more of a competitive endeavor in terms of race times and finishing goals and things like that? Uh, yeah. So in the beginning, um, it was kind of tough because I was really slow and sluggish and, um, the only thing that I saw that was happening um, in kind of the beginning was that I was starting to kind of tack on more mileage or kilometers, right? And, you know, I think that first one was maybe seven kilometers, and it was really tough for me because, again, I was out of shape. I, it was just bad, right? Um, well, four and a half and, miles is a, is a pretty good run even for, you know, someone who's in shape. Yeah, for sure. And a funny, just funny thing, since moving to Canada 11 years ago, I don't even understand miles anymore. I grew up <laughs> 35, 35, 35 uh, years or so living in, in the States, in New York. And I, I move here and it's like people tell me it's 84 degrees. And I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And then they say, yeah, you know, how much did you run? I like six kilometers. And they're like, what is that a mile? It's like, I can't help you. So, um, so yeah, so I started, what I started noticing is I started tacking on um, some kilometers. And, um, it, I just it started to get into this thing, and then that's when I started setting my sights on on racing. I knew nothing about running the running community. I didn't even know there was a community. I just was out running whenever I had free time. I would just go for a run. Nothing structured. I just I just ran as far as I felt like I can run. I, I, that's what I did. And the beginning was maybe four kilometers, five kilometers, and then I was running maybe two or three weeks tops. And at some point, I was running. Um, running probably about the, I got the 10 kilometers and 14 kilometers. I'm like, Oh, this is interesting. So, um, in the beginning, so, you know, coming from years of never running to now all of a sudden 
thinking, wow, this is actually really exciting. The weight started to shed off and then it just kind of went from there. Uh, so to answer your question um, about the competitive, uh, it, I started, so I started in 2013. I had a really weird injury in 2000 and uh, uh, the end of 2013. I didn't run all of December, January, February, March, and April, 2014. Yeah. I just weird. I had this strange injury. It's just, just odd. And then when I got back into running in April, I busted my IT band because I knew nothing about running. So I went from this weird injury. I wasn't running. Then I tried to get back to where I was. I get this bad injury. So then I started taking care of that. And I ran my first 10K in um, around mid-April 2014. Um, and that was my first kind of, I felt, if I can run, you know, 14, 15 kilometers, I can probably try a race, right? So I did my first race. And after that, I was hooked. That was it. Do you remember what time you got for that race? Uh, it was about 15 minutes for a 10k oh nice oh my god i thought it was like the, i thought i was like an elite i thought i was faster than everybody i was like oh my god 15 minutes it was, and it's downhill i'm like god oh, kidding me so it was um it was exciting because i got a medal at the end and all this and um it was it was a really really exciting uh moment for me and and from then like that was it now it's it's been it's i just drove you know you know I guess two feet in, and then yeah, I just uh, I've, I've never looked back. So especially at age forty-one, for your mm-hmm. first ever running race to drop a fifty-minute ten k is is quite impressive. So obviously you had some physical gifts to go from being rather sedentary to running for on and off over the course of a year in dropping that kind of time. So what do you think about your first year of running caused you to be injured specifically? And it only took me 41 years to figure that out, Matt. Uh, <laughs> um, so, so the first thing is, so the first injury, so yes, about my injury. So in, in November, 2013, so it's very weird thing. My, my wife was cleaning um, the tray, the glass tray in the microwave and it fell and I stepped on, on a piece of the glass and it punctured my foot. Um, and then I was for the longest time I can barely, like I could walk, but I couldn't run because it was so painful. Um, I had to get it treated and it was a big deal. Right. Um, but at that point, I this is my, like, this is like diehard. You know, like the end of diehard where he's like, like <laughs> stepping yeah. on the glass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that's it. My running career is over five months. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, Oh, that's fun. While it lasted. But, um, then what happened was at that point, I think I ran, I was up to 17 kilometers at that point, whatever that is in miles. Um, so I was running, um, but I was running a lot and I was, yeah, it's about, uh, it's about 10 and a half miles for people sure. who are listening. Okay. So the Americans, uh, so <laughs> I, um, what do you call it? I got up to, um, about, yeah, about, uh, yeah, about 10 and a half uh, miles. And then, um, I was good. Then the injury in my foot. Uh, again, I ran maybe once in December, once in January, February, March, just to just to at least get out there and just kind of remind myself that you know I, I I really need to get back into this. And then what happened was in April um, to get prepared for the 10K. Like I, I I ran once in April and then I had to run the 10K. So to get myself prepared, um, I think that one run before my 10K was I don't even know what it was seven eight K. And then I started feeling something weird in my, in my left knee, a weird pain. I did the 10 K and then um, it just started getting progressively worse and worse and worse. And I started uh, visiting a physiotherapist. It's amazing how much you can learn when you start running. So I started, I figured out this physiotherapist out there. So I went to a physiotherapist and she said, uh, yeah, you busted your IT band. 
So um, did she did she say why? Or she how? said, yeah, she said, because what she believes is that because I was I built up, everything was good. And then when you don't run for three, four months or so, you try to get back to where you were. You're, you're just, you're oh. just, you're just kind of forcing, you know, bad, you know, you I guess bad muscle, like part of your muscles are compensating. And because of that, your knee just blows out. So, um, I had the IT band injury, but what happened was I had already signed up for a race in May, a 10 K and she said, don't race it. And I said, I already paid. I want the medal. I have to do this. Um, and I did my second 10 K in May of 2014, and I did 58 minutes. I was in so much pain <laughs> that race. I was stopping. I was stretching. I didn't think I was going to finish. I got to 7K, and I was like in tears. It was so painful. Um, and I went back to my physiotherapist. She said, I told you so. Um, and then I went on this long um, treatment process. She was doing grasping and all these exercises. And, um, and then she eventually put me on a return-to-work program. I would run like one minute and walk a minute, run one minute, uh, walk a minute. And I did that two or three times a week. And for a month, I was doing that kind of return to running uh, program. And then, um, and then, yeah, I started getting a little bit, I started to educate myself <laughs> a little bit on running and trying to figure out kind of, okay, how can I not get injured next time? Right. So um, I started to pay more attention to, to my body and, and what I need to do. So what resources did you look at that really helped you uh, once you were kind of going through the re- rehabilitation process and kind of taking you know, the next step in your training? Um, good question. So Toronto, there's a huge running community uh, in Toronto. Toronto is probably one of the best, arguably, running communities in, uh, in the world. There's so many uh, running crews in Toronto um and i didn't know, understand anything about running careers before uh i knew people ran i knew people raced i knew people probably had friends that ran but i didn't understand um what running communities were right um so i started i started googling like running in toronto and i i just i there was just tons of information on different running crews and 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 right so I don't remember exactly when, but I joined a, a running crew in Toronto um, that ran um, ran at night, so it was convenient for me. And I um, I started running with them, and there were runners that were so fast. There were runners that were my you know ability. Uh, runners probably a, a little bit slower, I guess. Um, all different paces, and you just you run to have fun. And as soon as I started running with them, I was a sponge. Some of them ran, ran Boston. Some were trying, you know, different. Some were running their first 10K, first half. And um, that's where I really, really, really was getting into it and, um, and really was setting my sights higher. But it's, it's amazing how much you can learn when you, uh, when you start tapping into resources like, uh, like the running community. That's a great point, especially if you get to see someone in action who's running better than you are. And you can kind of, you know, take from what they've learned. Because it's as nice as some books are, or shoot, even podcasts, right? People are listening to this podcast, and I think that we'll be able to provide a substantial amount of information over the course of you know a year or whatever. It's different when you're actually interacting with the person um, and seeing how fast they've run, seeing their strides, and, and seeing or listening to things that they've learned, um, positive and negative, over time. Um, but also, 
being part of a, a physical community in person as opposed to you know a digital community, I think it also allows you just to connect to the sport in a different way. Do you agree I, with that? I I definitely, definitely agree. Yeah. I mean, there's only so much you can read, right? So and then everyone's gonna have different ideas. So, so for me, I felt well, if I want to get faster or I want to get better, I want to learn more, I'm going to, you know, you know, run next to somebody that's faster than me or run next to somebody that's, you know, knows more than me. Right. Um, the good thing about it is everyone is so, um, so welcoming. Right. So it doesn't matter how many questions you have or how much you want to know that everyone just just wants to kind of just wants to help. Right. And I think that's, that's fantastic. I, that was, the, that's what really, really, really started my kind of my real passion for, for running is because to me, it was, it became so much more than running. It became about community to me. And uh, that was, that was really an eye opening experience and something that I realized that there's, there's people that, that really want to learn and improve and, and, and people that on the other side that want to help. Now, specifically how do you think that improved your running because you went from again you went from in 2014 mm-hmm. you ran a 50 minute 10k and then shoot man like a couple of years later you're a 311 marathoner which is exceptionally fast even for someone who's running their entire life so what were some of the landmarks that you look back on and say all right if this didn't happen, maybe I wouldn't have turned out that way. Or if this didn't happen, you know what I mean? What were the points where, I guess that takes a negative spin on it. Let's take a positive. <laughs> what, what are some points where you look at and say, hey, this was an amplifier for me. Or like this, this experience or this person, you know, kind of like, you know, bumped you up a level yeah. or kind of amplified your ability to improve and perform. Good, good question. So around 2014, um, the end of 2014, I ran my first half, half marathon. Uh, I ran 148 and I was so ecstatic. I couldn't believe I finished a half marathon distance because I thought 10Ks were hard. The half marathon to me was was a daunting distance. And um, I ran 148 and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I just did that. So um, I, around that Which is great. Time, That's like, what's that? Like, it's like an 803 mile pace, roughly. Okay. I swear, yeah. you're, actually, you're, you're in kilometers. I'm throwing this out here, like as if, like you know what I'm about to say. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're you're totally right, Matt. You're absolutely right. I have no idea. If someone says you're wrong, then please help me. know. I don't know. Um, um, yeah, you're probably right. Um, so I, um, so yeah, so I, um, around that time, is a friend of a friend. Um, one of my, my wife's good friends said, Hey, you know, I, I, uh, I'm, I go to this gym and, um, in the neighborhood and, uh, there's a few people that run there and they have this running group and they run on Sundays and, and, then and I started running, uh, so you should, you should reach out to them and run with them. And they run right by my house, which was very convenient. So I hooked up with them and, uh, I met through that group, one of the people who was one of my best running friends today. Um, and when we met 2014, he had, uh, he had already qualified for Boston and he was, um, he was, he was fast, fast, well, faster than me. Right. So, um, uh, we became fast, fast friends. Sorry. No pun intended. That's <laughs> nice. Nice work there, John. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry about that. That's the highlight of my interview right there, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we're done. We're done. No. Um, so what do you call it? Uh, we became really good friends and um, um, we just started hanging out and I just started watching him run and 
to your point earlier about, you know, form and pace and and, and then uh, he really, really pushed me without really realizing it, right? Because I'm thinking if he can go to Boston, um, then maybe I can try hard to run Boston. I mean, first of all, I, I still have to figure out how to run a marathon because I just, I met him in November um, and October, I um, finished my first half, first half, sorry. <laughs> and I thought there's, I can't, I'm not going to be able to run it full, but if I ever do, I would love to, you know, to get good enough to, to try, um, you know, to do something good, right. Or to, to Boston or something. So, um, so that was really the one person that really, really turned things around for me that made me think that, um, well, not that I was capable of, but that I should probably try. Right. So did you view him as in a sense of like, Hey, if this guy can do it, then maybe I can do it. Like it was, it was yeah. one of those feelings as well. And it's, and it's probably a bad way to say, <laughs> well, if he can do it, then I could do it. But, but I think it's like more of, um, he, we, I, I saw us as kind of similar, um, um, abilities, right? So, right. And that's, we, when, and that's exactly how I meant it. Yeah. I didn't mean, I, yeah, didn't mean I know I'm kidding. I'm yeah. kidding. <laughs> He's going to listen to this and be like, we're done. No. Um, <laughs> So, no, no, that's a good point. So, like, I, I, the way I saw him was well, when he was running hard, I was keeping up, right? It was a little harder, but I was keeping up. When he was, you know, doing sprints or something like that, I was keeping up. So, I'm like, wow, if he, if he can do that, um, then maybe I have a chance. Now, he, he has a few years on me. So, um, I think he qualified. He needed a, a 325 or something there in Boston, right? So, we, we're not even in the, the marathon discussion yet, but – if I'm th- and I need a 315. So I'm thinking, well, I mean, if even if I don't do it net, like in the next few years, at some point, I'm going to turn 45. If I'm still running, maybe I could qualify. So like uh, at the end of the day, like he's the one person that really, really, um, really had me thinking about, you know, my abilities are more than just kind of 10K, 50 minutes, right? Now, what sort of limits or limiting beliefs did you have – you know, over the last couple of years that you, you, you look back on now and say, man, I should have never thought that way. I should have never like held myself back. Um, Cause it sounds like, you know, you're able to quickly, um, you know, once you, once you kind of dove into running and said, all right, how am I going to do this better without training and like, you know, train myself in, onto the, uh, onto the physio table. You know, once you were able to stay healthy, you moved pretty quick. But even with that said, were there any limiting beliefs or limits that you set up for yourself that you look back on now and say, you know, that that shouldn't have been the case? Um, I don't I don't know. I think it's because well, I don't I don't think so. And I, I think it's because um, I always I never took it too seriously because I always thought, well, I mean, I, I and, and I also didn't have really huge goals at the time. I was just going through the motions. I did one half. Um, I knew at some point I'd like to try maybe a full, but I just figured whatever is meant to be is meant to be. And honestly, I didn't take myself that seriously when I was running. Uh, I thought 50 minutes was fantastic. 148 and a half was absolutely fantastic. I wasn't even sure what I needed to do to get faster um, or if I really wanted. I, I, I mean, it sounds weird to say whether I wanted to, but you know, back then, I didn't realize how much work it would take to um, to improve, right? And how much work did it take? Like, what, what kind of mileage did you start doing um, in 2015, right before your first marathon in May? Oh, good question. Um, I wasn't doing more than 
30 something miles a week maybe i see i got miles right so maybe like 50 50, 50, 50 or 60 kilometers exactly exactly so i don't think i was doing much more than that right um i was still running maybe three or four times a week at the time and um um and i was at the max right to me, to like, you know, at the time I had a kid, or well, I still have a kid, but um, wife and kid and a job, and uh, I'm not getting paid to do this. So I have to figure out to how am I going to run? And to me, even getting, squeezing in 50, 60K a week, to me, that was, um, that was already kind of difficult for me. And I, I couldn't even fathom running any, anything more than that. So, so that was really where, where I was. Uh, and I figured out, you know, if I can get by doing that at the time, um, that's fine. Um, so that's what I did. So what changed in your life or in your thinking that, that allowed you to ramp up your training past that point? Um, probably, um, Boston. So I didn't, I, my first marathon is 2015. However, I went to, um, in 2014, I went to visit my, uh, my family, uh, back in New York and my wife and son, we draw, we usually we'll go down a couple times a year, but usually around, uh, at this time in April, 2014, we drove down and somehow, I don't even know how or why, but I convinced my wife to stop in, uh, in Boston on the way back, which happened in marathon weekend. And I, I don't know if I planned it that way. I don't know. It depends what you ask. You've asked her, I did plan that, but, um, we, we ended up, <laughs> we ended up stopping in, uh, in Boston marathon weekend. Uh, it was 2014. I haven't run a marathon yet, so I wasn't even thinking like that I could even go to Boston. But we we got into Boston and we walked through the expo uh, because you can, um, and walked through the expo and I got this like out of body experience. I was I was walking through the expo thinking, whoa, like this is real. This is this is like bigger than anything I've ever experienced in my entire life. So as soon as I saw that, my thought was, uh, yeah, I have to come back here one day as a participant. Like, it's got to happen. Um, and then right after that, uh, I started thinking, okay, well, if that's going to happen, I better run a marathon because you can't get in any other way. Well, you can, but um, you can't qualify any other way. So um, I started to, um, to start thinking about my marathon. And then uh, June 2015, I ran my first one. That's awesome. That is awesome. And then how did it go? Um, it went okay. I did 348. Uh, my buddy Dom, who I, who I was mentioning earlier, who's got me, who got me really kind of, you know, sparked my, my passion and really got me into running it. Well, got me into running, but got me thinking about uh, running better is uh, he, him and I were talking about it and he wasn't running, but it was out in Niagara. So it was like an hour and a half away and uh, from where we live. And um, I was telling him, listen, I got to come. I want to come in under four hours. First marathon, you just want to come in under four hours. Apparently, from what I hear, that's kind of a watermark. So let's try it. Right. And it's like, I think you can do it. You know, you've been you've been training hard, but you can do it. And uh, I did 348. Thank God I did 348 because around 38 kilometers, both of my hamstrings locked up. And I was walking like Frankenstein and there were people that were doing a half marathon. They're like, you can do it. You could do it. I'm like, I can't do it. I can't, <laughs> I can't feel my legs. And they were, um, they, it was, it was bad. So I was like, banging my legs. I was crying. I'm like, I got it before I was. So I finally, uh, I kind of like hobbled and then my legs started loosening up. I came in at 348 and, um, I was ecstatic. 
I, w- I could not believe I just ran a marathon um, and, uh, and did it under four hours. So to me, I knew I had work to do. I knew Boston was like way out in the horizon. But my first, my first step was, you know, finish the marathon, get the experience under the belt because it's a daunting distance. It's a daunting distance, right? So get the experience and then, you know, then start figuring out, okay, now that I have the, 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 the baseline, the, the time, now how do I start chipping away, right? And that's, that's what I did. I just I took that, and then I just started building on it. So you had that rare experience where you were able to kind of get hit by the worst of a marathon can provide. Luckily, you had it fairly close to the finish line. Having it at 38K, we're talking at around mile 24. So at least the finish yeah. line is, is kind of in sight, so to speak. Um, but you, you kind of went through the worst of it, both physically, mentally, and emotionally, it sounds like, but still reached your goal. So you almost set yourself up for like, hey, I'm excited for the next one, but I also you know, know I have a lot to learn here, which is kind of exactly where you want to be from a motivation standpoint. Oh, yeah. I mean, my, my training, like, there was very little to no speed work. I downloaded a plan um, that was pretty, like, novice plan. It was, look. This is, it's not a plan on how to get a time. It's a plan on how to survive a marathon, I felt, right? And it's like, okay, I'm going to just, what do I, what's the, not the minimum, because I wasn't trying to like, wimp out of this, but like, what do I need to do to get through the marathon? Not what do I need to do to qualify for Boston? What do I need to do just to run a marathon? And I think I was running maybe four days. I think I was four days a week at this point. Um, so yeah, it was like no speed work. Um, I think there were maybe some tempo runs in there, but that was it. It, it was very, like, that was it. And uh, my long run, I think I went up to like maybe, uh, 20 miles was the, was a long run. And, and that was it. And that was like, I, I feel like it was how to survive a marathon and I did it. And yeah, to your point, I was like, uh, okay. Um, I knew at this point I was kind of educating myself on, on racing and, 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 so I, I knew that, okay, well now if I put a little bit of work into it, I'll, I can get a little bit better. Right. So I just wanted to, to understand that, that what that first one would do to me and mentally and physically. Um, um, but yeah, I was, I was so happy. You kidding me? 348. I was like, that's amazing. So was that the most you had ever struggled up to that point in your life from a physical perspective? Um, oh Yeah. Oh, you mean like, like, like just enduring endurance, like just yeah, like just endurance, through, pain, yeah. you know, you know, the, kind of the mental and emotional drain that a marathon can provide. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, I think my SATs were the hardest thing I've ever, <laughs> I've ever dealt with up until that point. Uh, yeah, no, that was the hardest thing, right? Uh, so you had, so yeah. you had a pretty quick turnaround. So you went from this is the hardest thing I've ever done to then roughly 20 minutes later being ecstatic over the experience. So for you, which was a more of a lasting takeaway? Was it the, was it the joy and elation at the finish line or the pain that, that hits you around mile 24, or the 38 kilometer mark? But here's the thing, like when, that, when my hamstrings locked up, it, they were annoying. Like they were bother- like, of course they were bothering me and it was a very awkward feeling. And I could see my, hamstrings pulsing it was a very surreal experience because i had no idea muscles can do that um but everything i was fine other than that i was totally fine i wasn't i didn't feel like i was dying or anything i just felt i just felt like my hamstrings locked up and i couldn't run like uh so i didn't mind you it was 
super hot that day, like boiling hot. Um, you know, June, even in Niagara Falls, um, is still gets pretty hot. So, uh, oh yeah, really I've been good. I've been there in June. I've been oh, there in June with my wife, and actually we um, we did the tour actually up to uh, just north of Niagara Falls, Niagara on the Lake. I think is the most bucolic town I've ever seen in my life. Oh, it's like going God. to a movie set, and which is hysterical because it's it's all people who've been up there already know this but basically like within a 10 mile radius of this town niagara on the lake it's all wineries so if you like yeah. drive in in the morning you see everyone biking around it's so cool so peaceful and then if you start you know you you leave say around four o'clock because when we left to go back to our hotel in niagara falls it's the same people on the bikes but they're swerving all over the damn road because <laughs> they've been wine tasting all day oh my god <laughs> So it's yeah. like you're driving back. You're like, all right, we need to get back on the main road here. These side roads are going to kill somebody. My half marathon started in Niagara-on-a-Lake. And then you go out towards uh, towards the falls. The It's actually the race I did. It's called the Niagara Ultra Series. It's it's known for the ultra because around the 25K mark um, is where you hit the falls. Uh, and then you come back. So um, the marathon, you don't go out nearly as far, right? So even 13 miles out, you're you're not – close enough to the falls um but still it was the part of it was it was a tough course because you go along the escarpment um also um you're in like these little parquets and you run through parking lots and it's very it's it's a very weird course for 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 a marathon well for for ultra as well but what um but uh, it was so freaking hot like it was just stinking hot um and i was stopping at aid stations all the time and i was guzzling gatorade and water and anything else that can get into me um but um but yeah at that point i think it's just i don't know fluids or hydration i don't know what it is but yeah it was just really my my hamstrings yeah i was annoyed that it was so hot i was still out there but um but i felt relatively good and i and i can honestly say that about any of the marathons i've done like i i've had problems in pretty much all my marathons i don't think i've ever run a good marathon but um the thing is like you know i don't i i feel okay i just i just have weird issues sometimes and do you think that's different than other people or do you think that that know what that you know for an amateur runner that running kind of like that perfect marathon is almost like while we strive for perfection it's hard to attain I think so. Yeah, yeah. No, I think so. I'm trying to think of the right answer here, but yeah, no, I, I think so. And sorry. All right. So, 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 <laughs> hey, roughly two years later, you qualified for Boston, and it sounds like qualifying for the Boston Marathon was always kind of that, you know, almost like the lighthouse kind of in your in your journey. Like that was what you were focused on the whole time. Is was it is that actually the case? And if so, what was it like when you finally got that qualifying time? Uh so after the three forty eight, um I ran so that was June. In October I ran my second marathon same year, two thousand fifteen, and I did a three thirty three. Um and my right calf got just blew up at like twenty six kilometers or something like that. It was almost nineteen eighteen miles or so. Um, I started having really bad issues in my, with my right calf. Um, and I, I was stretching it. I was running, I was jogging, well, jogging, I was walking and stretching it. I did three thirty three, So I'm like, hold on a second here. <laughs> like, you know, I had a pretty tough time out there and I still did three thirty three. This is kind of, I'm, I'm chipping away. Like I'm going in the right direction. Uh, I'm, I'm still having some, you know, 
awkward experiences out there when I'm, when I'm running, but uh, I'm still going in the right direction. Um, so what I did was around, around um, 2000, yeah, around the end of 2000. Hold on, let me, let me, let me cut you off. There. Let me cut you off there. Because, Sorry. No, no, no. It's, no, this is interesting. As yeah. I love it because I think it talks about mindset. Yeah. What are you doing here? I think it, it, it leads to a mindset question that I want to ask you is that I had my first two marathons yeah. that mirrored yours, okay. not only in time, but also with, you know, the physical ailments that, that, that kind of stopped me from running the times that I thought I was capable of running or that I had trained for. Okay. And it sounds like you took those experiences in a very positive sense. Like, all right. I ran this time, but I had a hiccup, and now I can do better. Whereas for me, and this is, you know, I ran these my marathons seven or eight years ago. I remember at the time, and shoot, I'm still scared of the marathon now, where I took it as like, man, this just isn't worth it. Like, I put all this time and effort, and right, I gave four to six months of training for this one event. It didn't go the way I wanted. Now I have to, like, rest for six weeks. And it was like almost like, you know, a full year has been designated for this one event that didn't go my way. Like, I'm sick of this, man. I'm going to go find something else to do. So why, what made you take those moments of struggle and not achieving your goals, not, not achieving your goals, but of the struggle and saying, all right, I'm going to take this as a positive. What about you allowed you to do that? Whereas someone like me took them as a negative and then kind of, you know, went the other direction. What would you rather be doing than running? At that moment, <laughs> at that moment, practically Everything. anything. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think it's, I think it's that, um, I don't know. I, I gotta be honest. Like I've had some, I put in a lot of work into, into some of my races. Um, Chicago is one of them. Uh, let's see. Um, Boston's, well, you can't really use Boston as an example, but let's use Chicago as a, you know, I put a lot of time and, um, sacrificing, I, you know, I mean, my, my wife has a love hate relationship with my running because I'm all, I run a lot now. Um, and my schedule's all over the place and we juggle our kid trying to like figure out my kid's schedule, our, our kid's schedule. So it's like, sometimes like, are you picking them up? Am I picking up? It's all over the place. Right. And un- it's unfortunate. Like I, I it's just that between work and our son's programming and everything, it's, it's really tough. So yeah, I, I invest a lot of time and sacrifice time with you know hanging out with my family because i'm 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 running a lot so so part of it yeah i'll say like part of it mentally is like oh man this that really i can't believe that right but at the end of the day like we're doing something we love here right so yeah you want to stop stop great you know but at the end of the day uh, i love running i love putting in the time i love um trying to improve so if i'm gonna have a bad race then whoop-de-doo i'm just gonna run out and i can't believe you just said whoop-de-doo but um i'm gonna <laughs> but uh um what it go you have a bad race and then yeah you know you, you just hop off the horse for for a couple of weeks um two weeks and whatever and just get right back on because um you know i i think i feel personally that i i can do so much more i haven't really cracked that nut yet but i feel like i could do so much more so as long as i'm chipping away and i'm you know, happy and I'm doing what I'm doing. I, I'm just going to keep going. Do you think part of it too is when you started? Do you think by starting later in life, you'll be able to approach the highs and the lows with more of a mature and 
I don't know, more even-handed approach than maybe you would have if you tried to do this full bore earlier in your life? Um, that's a good question. I don't know. Maybe I'd be burnt out by now. So I don't, I, I, I'd be curious on, you know, people are, you know, run track and cross country when they're younger and they get to the point now and they're not seeing the improvements. Do they, do they feel like, you know, they've been burnt out or something like that? I, I'd be very interested in hearing what others say about that. But for me personally, maybe part of it's because I'm 40, maybe it's, I was 40, well, not 40 anymore, but maybe to, to your point, maybe it's because, um, I've only been doing this for less than five years. I've got so much to learn, so much to, to, to accomplish. Like I, I feel like I'm just the tip of the, at the tip of the iceberg when it comes to my running. I, I, I don't know. Like I feel like I, I can accomplish more. Whether or not I can actually do it is a totally different story. But I feel like there's still like more that I, I can accomplish. And yeah, maybe it's because I've only been doing this for four years. It's still kind of new to me and like exciting. So I don't know. Ask me again, maybe in two years, I'll, <laughs> I'll let you know. <laughs> well, that's a great point because you think if someone's been running for the better part of their life, when they hit their 40s, they're probably not improving still. So, you know, some people may be, some people are probably staying roughly the same, right? You need a couple seconds here, a couple seconds there, positive or negative. But most people usually aren't improving in their 40s, um, or at least not improving substantially at that time. I think yeah. the, one, the one caveat being Molly Friel, who I've had on the show, who, who qualified for the Olympic trials at age 50 uh, or over She's age amazing. 50. She's just, just, yeah. She's exactly. amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so you're, so you're approaching this in a very unique sense. Like you're improving a ton in your 40s because you had, that's when you started. So I think it's such a unique experience than most other people would, 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 uh, would experience. So with that being said, when you talk to people – um, who are around your same age or at anybody, I guess, and they're considering starting running mm -hmm. or starting to run more competitively or more consistently. What are some of the, the tips that you tell them? And what are some of the things you say, Hey, you know, kind of like the, the, the to-do list and the not to-do list. Uh, to-do list is just enjoy yourself. Just, you know, um, just enjoy running. I mean, and if you have goals, then just, you know, like they say, make, make the goals big and scary, right? Just go for it. And, you know, now's the time to do it, right? Because in 10, 20 years from now, who knows where we're going to be. And, and, you know, if I started running at 60, I don't know if we'd be having the same conversation, but, um, but do that. And then, you know, what don't, what you shouldn't do, don't listen to people that tell you, you know, it's, you're too old to try, you're too old to start. I mean, that's ridiculous, right? I mean, uh, you know, I look at some people, you know, and, and the feedback I get from people is, is amazing. And I look at people that are half my age or, or, you know, even just a little bit younger than me, you know, like Jonathan, you know, it's amazing what you're doing and everything. And I'm like, like, I wish everyone could do this. Right. And, and unfortunately they, they can't, right. We're all different abilities. And, um, you know, it's like, wow, I, I, I just, I do sometimes step back and I'm like, wow, it is kind of crazy that I did start this at, at, at 40. So if anyone's saying it's too late, like, please, that's ridiculous. And that's the other thing too, is that it's not as if like you knew all along that if you tried doing this, you'd be successful, right? Uh, you didn't know what to expect. So it's kind of like, it's almost like, Hey, Give it a try because you never know what might happen. I uh, would have started running probably a little bit earlier than 40 if I had any sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I probably wouldn't have gotten to the like the chunky years of my life, right? I would have been running a lot earlier. But, um, but uh, yeah, no, that's, 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 that's true. It's definitely a good point.
So you spent a lot of time preparing for and thinking about the Boston Marathon. And you finally get there, the 2018 Boston Marathon. And all of a sudden, you walk into the worst weather conditions that marathon has ever seen. So what was it like for you preparing for that race? Um, <laughs> when, I guess, more specifically, when did the weather forecast for you start to solidify and you start to realize, okay, hey, this might not go as perfectly as I'd hoped? Probably January. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> is that when you start weather stalking? No, I think in the, in the weeks leading up, it was like partly cloudy and partly sunny and blah, blah, blah. Right. So it's like, all right, whatever. But um, as thing, as we started getting closer and, it, and it, we started to realize there's no chance it was going to be sunny and, and beautiful. Right. Um, not hot, but just at least sunny. Right. Um, I, my first BQ um, was in... I want to say very similar conditions, but pretty similar conditions. It was raining the whole time, um, pretty hard at times. And uh, the back half of the uh, well, back half, maybe the last 10 kilometers, the wind was in my face. Uh, it was annoying. But uh, but I got my first BQ and I was uh, I was like over the moon. So I didn't really care about the weather. And then in November, uh, so I had a really bad Chicago um, race. So and that was October. A month later, I did um, Road to Hope, Hamilton Road to Hope race up here. And I did a little bit better. It was tough, but it poured the entire time. And uh, at the start of the race, when we were standing out there, they were doing the national anthem. And then on cue, the skies just absolutely opened up. And we it was pouring on us really bad. So coming into, into Boston, I'm like, eh, been there. So... I was like, I was, I wasn't as worked up about it as some other people may have been. Um, I knew it was gonna suck, but I didn't think it was gonna be, you know, horrible. Um, little did I know. But, um, but the big thing about it is, honestly, man, I didn't care. It was Boston Marathon. Like, it could have been like meteors coming down from the sky, and it could have been like uh, twelve feet of snow. I would have ran through that with a smile on my face. And were you able? Awesome. Were you able to do that? No, not, to... <laughs> not, no, not really. I had, I, so Boston was my ninth marathon. I have not run, and this is going to some kind of, kind of surprising. I've not run one marathon cleanly uh, yet. I always walk. I stop. I, I have issues. Like it happens every. This is my ninth marathon, and I have it every single time. It gets to a point where I, I and I think it's mostly for me. It's mentally. So right around um, twenty mile mark. 21 miles i start like almost hyperventilating and i start having issues so boston was no different i was having some some weird issues but the thing that was very very weird is three three four days before i um i got to boston i was running and i was having some weird side stitching uh i was like ah whatever i've, I've had that before in training and then uh day the next i ran a day later i was doing speed work side stitching a day later i did an easy run and it was a little bit but it subsided pretty quickly I was like, ah, it's not going to bother me. And for the whole, for about um, 20, 20K, like almost 12 miles or so, I was fine. And then my, I started side stitching really bad. I don't know why. And um, I had to pull over just before we got to, to, I think it was just before we got to Wellesley, Wellesley College. And I, I just pulled over and it was really for about five or six seconds. And I just eased my breathing and then I went off and it didn't really bother me um, much after that, but um later on in the race i was having all kinds of weird issues but the funny thing about the, you know the weather is 
at certain point, you're just running, and I'm thinking about I'm side stitching. I got this, I got that. My breathing. I don't even realize that the weather's so awful at that point because you're just kind of like in the zone and you're just running at that point, right? And also, it's, it was pretty consistent, right? It was just consistently awful. It was consistently awful the whole time. <laughs> I I ran for for ten kilometers. I ran with. I mean, and the, the, the worst part of the, the, the weather is not so much about um, the rain, but it's about and the wind. It's what am I going to wear? My outfit changed six times, before, like two days before Boston, before I even got there. I couldn't even figure out what to wear. And I ended up wearing, I wore probably more than I should have, but I had a, a pon- one of the ponchos on uh, for about 10, 11 kilometers. And it was so annoying because it was so windy. And the wind was so in our face that the poncho was making so much noise. I, at some point, I couldn't even hear the spectators because the poncho was like, flapping in the wind. I'm like, this is the worst. So I had to ditch it at like 11K. But, um, but yeah, it was unrelenting. The, the rain, it, it was funny because when we got out of our hotel, um, when we left the hotel to get over there to Charles Street to board the buses to Hopkinton, it was a, a bit of a drizzle and a bit of a breeze. And I said, oh, yeah, I kind of got pulled in. I was like, God, this is going to be great. I can, I love running in the rain. It's going to be nice. Um, but, yeah, as soon as we got to Hopkinton and it was like mud everywhere and driving rain and wind. And, yeah, I was like, yeah, this is going to suck. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then <laughs> what, was the, what was the finish line feeling for you? And how did it compare to other marathon finish line feelings? Um, I, I've gotten emotional in a couple of my races. My, my second – the BQ that sent me to Boston, like when I stopped, I was like in tears, right? I get pretty, I get, I'm not afraid to, I mean, I get pretty, pretty t- you know, worked up after a race, but um, Boston, like in my head, when we were coming, uh, when we were in um, um, Brooklyn, when we were heading towards Boston, in my head, I was thinking, all I want to do is I really want to have a great like finish and a great finish photo. Not, not like for like a narcissistic, like Instagram thing, but I really just want to have like a great moment, right? Where I can really like look back on a photo and just really think, wow, that's what my experience was. So I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to hold my arms out, you know, and I'm just going to look up and I'm just going to be thankful for this moment. And, you know, you, t- you make the right on here for you make the left on, on um, Boston. The first thing you notice is the finish line feels like it's 20 miles away. And I'm like, Oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> and, and at this point I'm, I'm getting pretty, I'm pretty drained. So um, we get close to the finish line and I can't even lift my arms for some reason. They were so sore. I can't even pick them up. So I kind of make this like zombie kind of like look, walk, like run across the finish line. And I'm like, ugh. um, but the first thing I did was, um, the very first, well, first thing I did was like, I started shaking. Um, my lips were turning blue. I was like shivering really bad. And I was like, I was fine the entire race. As soon as I stopped, like my body was just like, shaking and um the first thing i did was um i walked over to um to the first volunteer that hands out the medal i'm like can i please give you a big hug because i can't believe i just did that so so nice i give a big hug and then uh, i walked away and i just started crying (laughs) i was like bawling my eyes out i couldn't believe that um and my journey's not been as long as a lot of people but you know, I, 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 the journey just to get to Boston is forget about all the other running, but it's 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 really like a 50, for me it's fifteen month journey. It's you know you you train for your for the marathon, you qualify for Boston, and then you wait, then you register, then you wait, then you train for Boston, then you you know it's like this 
just mini journey within a, a bigger journey of, of your of your life, right? Of your running career, if you will. Um, and then it just all comes out at that point because it's like, I, I'll tell you, when I got into Boston, when I got the acceptance and then Dan, even, you know, when I got there, I still couldn't actually believe that I was running the Boston Marathon. It was still like a little surreal and weird to me that when I actually crossed the finish line, I was a mess. Well, yeah, because you're so meant, not just physically invested, but you're so mentally and emotionally invested in this outcome because you've been thinking about it for so long, like as in, as in every marathon, right? If you spend four months thinking about something and it comes to fruition, that's going to be, you know, a very emotional thing. Never mind something that you've spent years thinking about. So I, especially given the circumstances of the conditions of the race, like you said, you know, you'd experienced maybe not quite as bad, but similar conditions in the past, but to not only, excuse me, achieve something that you have long thought about, but to do so in a fashion that was even more challenging than you had planned. Um, shoot, man. Of course, you're going to get emotional. I think most people did who who finished that race. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, at the end, it's like I didn't finish the Boston Marathon. I survived it, right? Because that, yeah. And then and then afterwards, to your point, it, it kind of dawns on you that, like, I, I, and I don't know if I thought this during a race, but, like, at some point, how bad is it going to be before they actually cancel it, that it's not safe, right? I mean, you hear the numbers of the people that got hypothermia and people that are hospitalized and stuff like that, but... Um, at certain point, like it's, you know, when do they say, okay, this is just not safe, right? Because it was, uh, yeah, there was some moments there where it was just brutal, right? And then, yeah, then you finish and then you're like, okay, I need to get warm now or bad things are going to happen, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Jonathan, this has been so much fun and we're not done yet. We're going to go through the normal, the, the, the quick questions at the end of all of my podcasts. <laughs> but, but before we do that, I do yeah. want to say, Thank you so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure to, to have this conversation. Um, and, and if people want to follow you and your running exploits, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, run the six. Uh, so R-U-N-T-H-E-S-A-X. Um, really Instagram. I'm, I'm not really anywhere else, really. Um, uh, or Brooklyn to Boston is my blog. Brooklyn number two, Boston. Um, I do like a lot of my weekly training I put there, I put up there and then I, I talk about Boston quite a bit. So if, if that doesn't bore you, then, then do it. But Instagram run to six, but Matt, thank you so, 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 so much for this. I mean, uh, I'm a huge fan and just having this opportunity is, it's really humbling and really, uh, it's a, it's a privilege. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. Hey, it's my pleasure. This has been fun. Um, awesome. all right. So when you're going out for a run, are you wearing headphones or no headphones? Uh, headphones when I'm by myself, which is most of the time, uh, no headphones when I do long ones with my friends. Okay. And what are you listening to? Um, so on my easy runs, um, mostly podcasts, yours, of course. Um, and, um, mostly podcasts when I'm running music, when I'm going faster and tempo and I just need something in the background, not necessarily to listen to, but just to keep me like, you know, going, um i'll i'll listen to uh to music so it's uh anything from like kendrick lamar post malone i'll throw in beastie boys like anything like hard sometimes i'll throw in some selena gomez uh laura loves when i when i talk about selena gomez when i'm running <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, yeah, but so um i'll throw in i'll throw in some uh some you know i, I mix it up right but for me it's always just in the background well, you have to have Beastie Boys in there, man. I'm assuming No Sleep Till Brooklyn is on there, given your background. 
dude, I still remember when License to Ill came out, that album came out. I was, I don't even know, I was so young. I remember having the cassette tape and going to my bus, my one of my best friend's birthday parties with the cassette tape. I'm like, dude, you have to listen to this. Um, and it's like, what the hell is BC Boys? But uh, yeah, that was it. And then everyone in Brooklyn was hooked. So there you go. Yeah. See, for me, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm the BC Boy head oh. you know, forever. And for me, I feel like the one song that I can just have on repeat and just go for hours is Flute Loop. Even something like <laughs> it's only like awesome three one. minutes long, maybe yeah. not even three minutes, but uh, yeah, I could just listen to that for two straight hours. That's a great um, jam. All right, so what? All right, so what's the best advice you give others about running, but you have trouble following? Um, you've got to go slow to go fast. Oh my goodness! What you know? I I I have a difficult time running slow and slow like you know easy pace right i mean i don't want to offend anybody but you know i have a very difficult time slowing down like is and i think a lot of times it's just in my head and i'm just like distracted and next thing you know i'm i'm like flying um but yeah i think that's the one thing is it's amazing how many uh how many times i hear that and um there's um not to not to prolong this but there's um uh, so Christian Duchesne, uh, who was third place in Boston, Canadian, um, who I've, I've met uh, a number of times. She, uh, she gave us a talk recently and someone asked her about running slow and she was third place in Boston marathon. She's wicked fast. She was like 240, 240 something. She'll run her easy pace at like five thirty a kilometer. Easy. Wow. Pace. And, and, and you think, yeah, really? That's how she runs her easy pace. So you have to go slow to go fast. And, you know, if, if she believes it, then I, I probably should start doing it too. To put that in perspective for people yeah. who can't do the, the kilometer, man, <laughs> that's, that's for someone who finished third at Boston, yep. like eight to eight, 10 minute yep. miles on their yep. slow day, which Absolutely. I know plenty of people who are around my pace who've run that on their slow day. Yeah. That's what you're on slowly, and and said you have to run slow to run fast. So absolutely, and I, I just I think it's something that's that I, I just need to get better at. So who motivates you as a runner? Um, well, I'd say, I mean, the kind of cheesy easy way out is the running community, right? I mean, what just just you just any given day just scroll through Instagram and watch how many people are just you know giving it. They're all just. Um, sacrificing time and and you know everything they're doing to to um, to to run, but I'd say the maybe less cheesy or maybe more cheesy how you look at it is is, is my son, right? Nine years old and he's, he's getting into running. He watches me and he's he you know he he's getting into he does a lot more sports than I've ever done when I was younger. So you know, and I did a five k race with him in September and it just. Uh, you know that was that was probably the best cry I ever had in a race. Was watching that kid finish was fantastic. So, sorry, two answers. <laughs> there you go. No, it's good. I, I, I can see that. All right. So, if you could run only one more race the rest of your life, but you could run it every year, what race would oh, it be? Oh my god. Um, I've got a lot of favorite races out there. I've run New York, the Brooklyn Half, which I'm running um, soon, and uh, I've run it three years in a row, and it's one of my favorite races. But I'm going to say Boston. I know it's kind of, I know everyone's going to say ah, Boston, but you know what? There's something, someone told me before I went to Boston that it's, it's magical. There's something about Boston. That's um, there's, it's just, you can't experience it. Now the crowds in New York are, I mean, it's hard to compare because there was a gong show in Boston with the weather, but the crowds in New York from what I keep hearing and from what I experience are 
it's just maniacal. It's just crazy the crowds in New York, and the race itself is um, is really it's it's incredible. But Boston's Boston. When I when I got to Boston and spent the weekend there, and you know hung out with with you and others, and then do the race in and afterwards. When people say that's a magical experience, it's a it's a magical experience. Is is you can't even put into words what that's like. So yeah, I'm gonna say Boston. Because for you, it's not just it, the race itself is fantastic, but the whole weekend is just it's just it's just worth it. You have to experience it. It's you, you, as soon as we we got off the uh, the plane and we got into the onto the T in in Boston, the trains, the subway system. Like you could feel that something was going on in this city. And then you see the jackets everywhere and the people and you knew, you knew something special, right. Was, was going to happen in a few days and not special from weather, but just like Boston is Boston. It's just, it's impossible to put into words. So what is your bucket list race? Sounds like you just crossed one off. So what's the, what's the next one? Ah, um, so I'm doing Berlin in September. Um, so, so I can't count that, but then I'm only going to have Tokyo and London left in my uh, oh. star. So I'm going to put one of those. And I just found that I just saw there's like 400 and something thousand people um entered the, uh, the the london lottery so yeah good luck getting into that one so i'm gonna put in uh, london or tokyo as my uh my bucket list i love it all just, right uh, last question yeah. who is your dream running partner Oof. here's the thing i don't <laughs> i so you, you know how you know i knew you were gonna ask this question and i thought about this so um i'll be honest with you i i, I don't 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 know like i i you know i at certain point, you know, I was thinking, wow, you know, probably Cara Gaucho, because she's, she is just the way she interacts with people is absolutely fantastic. But, um, you know, I, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to kind of take the easy way out and probably say Desi, um, because if, have you ever follow her on Instagram, uh, or social media, like she's the most chill elite athlete I think I've, I've ever seen. It's just the way like she kind of carries herself and doesn't take herself too seriously, but she's Des Linden, right? Um, I think she'd probably be like a, a just absolute blast to hang out with and, and to run with. I couldn't agree more. Thank you so much, Jonathan. I really appreciate it. And good luck. Uh, good luck with your running in 2018 and good luck with the, uh, with the London lottery. Sounds like. You're uh, <laughs> Thanks so much, Matt. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Talk to you later. Cheers. Bye-bye. Thank you for coming on the show, Jonathan. It really was uh, my great pleasure to talk to you. And my goodness, the energy that man has. If you could just bottle that, that would be like his full-time job, right? So I know he, he works in technology and he wouldn't have to have that full-time job. He could just bottle that energy, excitement, enthusiasm, and all of those, those positive qualities. So I really enjoyed talking to him. And thank you for listening to the show. If this is your first episode, uh, I hope you take a look at some of the other episodes we've had a chance to do. I really enjoy talking to the dedicated amateur runners like Jonathan and all the other people who've been on here. So thank you for all the consistent listenership. For If you're new, I would, I would appreciate if you take a look at some of the other episodes. And with that being said, thank you for everything. I really appreciate it and happy running.